Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Gordon Parks and Kirsty Rorty to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, we take a look at the fallout from a controversial afternoon as Celtic defeated Motherwell 4-1. Then there's Leicester's reported interest in Brendan Rodgers. Will the boss be tempted by a return to the English Premier League? And finally, we look ahead to a huge Premiership and Scottish Cup doubleheader against Hearts and Hibs. Uh, so folks, I mean, I don't really. we could probably devote an entire podcast to that game yesterday. Uh, I suppose the big talking point was the, the Motherwell goal. What do you, what did you make of it? I think it was a classic example of a game that was going nowhere. Celtic were routinely winning 2-0. They would have scored more, I think. I think everybody was resigning themselves to a typical afternoon with Celtic dominating and really how, how many were they going to score. Kirsty, you probably won't share my opinion on this, but I think that I don't blame the kid for doing what he did. There's a big distinction here between kicking the ball out when your own team has a player injured and kicking the ball out when an opposing player. Mm-hmm. Has got an injury, and I know we can talk about sportsmanship and uh, doing the right thing, and this unwritten rule that you that you've got a fair play uh, requirement to give the ball back. It's a kid that's playing his first game at Celtic Park. Motherwell are under no obligation, really. I think it's a it's a rule that annoys me and a lot of football fans. I think uh, there's no real clarification on it, and it's Motherwell's prerogative. And I think the big hurrah, the big boon at Celtic Park. Is a wee bit rich. If you look back at history, it's happened time and time again. Celtic themselves have benefited from it. I think they picked their moment to suit. And I think if I was a motherable player, I would be doing exactly what the kid did. Kirsty? Yeah, well, it's right <laughs> to say I disagree with him because I completely do. Yeah, I think it was disrespectful, really poor show. I think even coming away with the win, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I hope he's feeling remorseful this morning. Um, no, for me, it is unsportsmanlike all bets are off then if you just do yeah, things all, like all that all bets should be off because I see when you say should it, he should be showing remorse I guarantee you there'll be no remorse there'll be absolutely not one element within him to think that he's done the wrong thing that's the football player's prerogative he's made a name for, him, for himself he took a lot of sticks from the Celtic fans mm-hmm. listen motherwell behind closed doors will believe that there's no case to answer here yeah I know that these teams are looking for any advantage against us and to seize upon any opportunity, but that's not the way to do it. And they would not like if it happened to them, certainly not. Celtic did it themselves, if you recall. And I think it happened in... I mean, there's, there's a whole legacy of examples, right? But I'll, I'll give you one. 1995, Celtic did it. Pierre Van Hoydonk did it. One of the biggest names at the, at the time. And you can't pick and choose when you're going to be appalled by things. I think the rule itself has to be clarified because it's not an obligation. It's a choice. But there it's are unspoken rules in football that everybody adheres to. And for me, you're saying that, that, that Celtic have done it, but I don't agree when Celtic do it either. Right. I just don't agree across the board. Okay, that's fine. 
everyone's waiting for the polite applause which you get when the, it's mock applause anyway right because don't give me the gentlemen's agreements applying football they don't because if we're saying that is the case we're kidding ourselves mm, it should I think one thing we could maybe agree on is it definitely um, lit a bit of a fire under a game yeah. that was kind of you know as, as Gordon said it was like there's been a lot of those kind of games I know Celtic have got this stunning domestic home record this season but a lot of the games have kind of maybe from a, like a neutral perspective felt like a bit of a non-event but it it was a real it turned into a real battle in that second half you had the likes of I don't know if you've noted by Christopher Ayer who moved into midfield and um, was suddenly putting himself about everywhere it was, it, was, it was great it was great wasn't it it was yeah, good to watch the game was so, was so tame and everything in the back of a week where everything's been dominated by dramas of the wrong wrong kind, at least it was an on field football debate that we can have. And it did. It gave the game the game life. Um and the fact we're still talking about it just now, a game that we wouldn't really be unless it happened. Yeah, I give you that. It's an interesting talking point and drama afterwards, but it's um, when you're on the receiving end it's it's mm-hmm. not very nice. Do you think that Celtic should have been allowed to then walk the ball into the net to even the even the even the odds as such? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let, let me, do you think what if he's, the kids caught up in the moment and he was oblivious to the situation? You keep seeing and mentioning the kid thing, and a lot of people have said that as well. Like you know, he's been playing football. Hang on a minute. For a long, I've been a young player that's played. My first professional games, and you're, you're caught up in the adrenaline of it. You don't really appreciate what's going on around you. You're just focused on the moment. I think he knew what he's doing, and you can't say there earlier you said I'm not 100% that, they sure. want, that they would want to take that opportunity, and then now you're saying he's caught up in the moment. So Either or, I'm happy with. No, I'm happy with both. I'm happy with both. If he did it intentionally, I'm happy with that. <laughs> if he did it because he just saw the ball and chased it, I'm happy with that. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. But I play football a different way. But football isn't played a different way. That's what I'm saying. There's a kind of um, hypocrisy from football fans to say one thing's good enough. There are things that happen in a football park which are atrocious, which is goes without comment. And there's specifically done to this gentleman's agreement where people clap when they when they give the the kind of ball back. Football, especially in Scotland, doesn't operate in these kind of um, gentleman rules. But you, don't. Would, you would say that it was generally adhered to, wouldn't you? It is. So, it is. So it's, but again, I know, then, I know a lot of fans, and I, I speak as one of them, that doesn't examples. like it. I don't yeah. like the rule. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a kind of... Um, it's, it's, a, it's done. It's, it's done to death. I don't think that if, if you kick the ball out for your own team, you should expect it back. I can tell you, if, if Mother had ended up taking anything from that game, it would have been riotous at uh-huh. the end. But that's another hyperbolic statement, right? A big drama of the whole thing. Oh, Celtic fans wronged by this. Listen, it livened the game up. The kid will not feel one iota of remorse about it. And anybody that thinks he does is he kidding himself. But it's a pious point of view. I think it is. And I think, um, it's, I think it brings to a head and people realise now, and I know managers have said to uh-huh. teams, the players do not give the ball back. I know for a fact. I've been in restaurants when I've heard Manchester say. Is, Motherwell would not like if it happened to them. Forget that it was at Celtic, at Celtic Park. If that was at Fir Park, they'd be raging as well. So what? But they would be, but you're saying yeah, be raging. that's pies I, from I Celtic I, I, fans. Perfectly, Motherwell would perfectly be raging if the to, shoe was on the other foot. You're perfectly entitled to feel that way, right? You're perfectly entitled to feel some kind of sense of grievance, but I think it's a kind of mock grievance. The game is not played in this spirit that you're, that you're presenting to me. Well, I think all's well that ends well in the end, mm-hmm. puns intended. And, um, you know, we won, we won in the end and that's the most important thing and they couldn't 
take anything from it. So I think, I think the last laugh. Interesting. Kirsty's right. I think it was good to see that Celtic go in and win the game, which means that the element that everyone's talking about wasn't that. Um, in the end up, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it maybe kind of under? I mean, that was a. I mean, that was a, another kind of important win for Celtic. I mean. Going into that game, them and I know Celtic are on a you know a different foot into Motherwell, but it was two form teams in the league, and they did. I think Motherwell probably gave it, although the score ended up four one, probably gave a better account of themselves than a few sides who have come to Celtic Park have done this season. It was one of the performances that perhaps stuck out was obviously young Ewan Henderson making his first start. Um, I suppose before the game, people were probably focused on more on the fact that Callum McGregor wasn't playing, and he was suddenly having been so ever present was disappeared out of the squad um, but it was a brilliant performance from the, the youngster Kirsty would you say? Yeah and a few Celtic fans have said to me which I disagree with that that was not the game to put Henderson into but I think when you are champions you're on a really good run I think even though Motherwell are for, in form as well I think that's exactly a kind of game that you want to be putting them into to really sh- get get him to learn um, to bring him through and he really excelled himself he's going to take so much away from that it's great to see a Henderson back at Parkhead as well and what you were saying about the game and how it ended up um, in 2018 just before the the winter break would Celtic have been derailed by them their controversial goal mm-hmm. possibly could have because we're a more robust Celtic we've come back really really strong now but they really could have taken something I think say December November off of us if they'd seized upon that opportunity and that advantage if we'd played Motherwell then. Spot on. agree with everything Kirsty's saying there. Yeah. I think it was a perfect game to blood him. It's good to see that Brendan Rodgers has that confidence to do mm-hmm. that. But I think, having watched the player in UEFA League games, uh, you have to graduate at some some point. You yeah. have to take that extra step. And what it does for the young Celtic players just now, to see that and it leads by example. For There's a route to the first team, which uh, a lot of these kids might not believe to be the case, but it proves it is. Uh, and I mean, he must... Um, you're talking about Rogers' confidence in him, but he must take a lot of belief from that himself that the manager's willing to to throw him yeah, in. I think his composure and you can certainly see a see a pass. He's got a sophistication in his plays. A lot like his brother. Yeah. He's. Uh, I think he's got more of an edge to him than I think. That's, that's what I hear. And I think when you see the failings that that Liam had, not the terrific player, but the things that never took him to the level he needed to go. This is a kid now who's got a chance to look and learn and see can I how can I get better? How can I maybe take that extra step that my brother wasn't able to do? And I know it's a wee bit harsh saying that because mm-hmm. he did play for Celtic, but yeah. how long is he going to be there? How, how durable is his career at Celtic Park going to be? But he's got a template to work towards. Yeah, it's just about bulking up now, yep. getting more game time. And yeah, but he really looks as though he's got a, a bright future ahead of him and it'll be interesting to see um, his next appearance. Yeah, I think you see him a bit more between now and the end of the season. I mean, especially if you know we don't know we don't know exactly what the case is with Callum McGregor, so there might be. I think you should because I think you want to keep the momentum going with youngsters when mm-hmm. it's so stop start and they then or you just don't like see them again. Then there's no place for them to go and to grow. So yeah, I think yeah, you should. Yeah, and I think Brendan Rodgers is a kind of manager that likes projects. I think he likes to take credit for players' advancements, and I think he's got a whole career CV of proven cases where he's taken players and again had the faith to persist with them because like any young player you need to have that belief within yourself that the manager has that, has that trust in you and the only way to get that is to get a consistent run of games. Mm-hmm. 
And just a kind of final point on the game, that third goal from Odson Edward, that was a bit that was a bit special, Kirsty, would you agree? Yeah, that was absolutely a right goal of the game. I mean it, it was great. He needs to do even more of that. I'd mm-hmm. like to see um that I mean, with um, Griffiths out, you're looking for free kick um, specialist and someone to step up, but it was it was a bit special. Yeah, yeah. Kirsty's right. We need to see more of it. Mm-hmm. There's uh, been a lack of magic dust for a player that cost as much. I mean, nine million pounds. You're looking for consistency. You're looking. I know you're still a kid, but you're looking for evidence that he is going to be that kind of player. And that at least was something of that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the other big story to emerge from yesterday was well, Saturday night. But back then, Leicester City sacked Claude Puel, who seems to have been a dead man walking for a long time um, at Leicester. He finally went at the weekend. And then it had been kind of floated around before, but there were reports in England that you know Leicester did have a firm interest in Brendan Rodgers. And you know, you kind of it's deja vu, I think, for Celtic fans with this kind of thing, isn't it really? Um, but is this is this one that you think is is you know likely or credible? Do you think he, he, this is a job that Brendan would be tempted by? Uh, I don't think it's a goer just now in the summer. Possibly, but you know, he maybe if he like buys his time a bit more and he waits for Chelsea when Saturday goes, I don't know, he should be aiming a bit higher. Um, no, I think certainly not just now. I think Rogers is going to want to stay and finish the job against Gerard, absolutely. In the summer, I'm unsure whether he's going to be here in the summer. Yeah, I think it was a, well, a view to taking him in the summer. I think that's what the. the um, Certainly, uh, right. the media in England have been reporting that it's it's maybe not for the moment. Actually, we'll come to that in a minute. That as the Neil Lennon's been spoken about as a potential caretaker to the, the end of the season, mm-hmm. which again would be would be interesting. Um, would be. So the, the certainly the feeling down there is that Leicester are going to make a move for him at the end. I mean, of the season. It's a difficult position because he has to come out and clarify things today, and the mm-hmm. club at least, and I thought they should have done maybe yesterday, come out and made a definite statement about this is our manager. There's a lot of fuel to this. This is definitely something with some traction, and I get the appeal. I think um, the environment, unfortunately, that Brendan Rodgers works in in Scotland sees him standing in the touchline at Fir Park, Dens Park. Venues which don't float a lot of people's boats when you've been at the highest level, and I think when you see him in the touchline at Valencia, that's his that's his workplace in his mind, mm-hmm. and I think he will want within himself, maybe not until the summer, maybe not even until beyond that, but he'll want to get back into that kind of um, elite environment, and he knows he's not in that just now. Mm-hmm. He also knows he's taking a Celtic team maybe in Europe. That's the level where they are a team that gets a knockout stage and get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Is he falling out with Peter Lawwell? Is there, is there a, a kind of budget issue there? There's certainly a recruitment issue. And I can see the appeal. But again, today's pivotal. He has to come out and tie his flag to the mass, so to speak, because Celtic are far too big a club to have a situation where they can have a manager that says, OK, I'll, go in the, I'll, I'll be with you for six months. I'm away England. That's a disrespect to a club of Celtic standing, a club bigger than Leicester City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's got more to do here in general. Um, people always think, well, what else? So he's going to win. Well, one, I don't think winning ever gets old. Um, making history doesn't get old. There's something very attractive about being a manager to do 10 in a row. I'm sure that's in the back of his mind. I think that stands out more than if you just are winning trebles up here. That's really something that would stand out mm-hmm. on your CV. And, and what, well, he's like 46. He's still a really young manager um, in boss terms. And he's got a long while before I think he needs to be thinking, oh, I have to leave Celtic Park now. It's just whether 
the transferring problems that he's had um, last summer with Lowell yeah, that's, insurmountable. That's spot on because he lives in Bears, Bears Den. He's a, he's a, 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 a short stagger to Lennoxtown. He's financially very well off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need the money. It will be about the politics yeah. rather than about anything else. And I think there's a massive appeal about being the manager that leads Celtic to 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's an overriding factor that will make him decide to stay, that will be it. Yeah, and obviously he was, you know, asked about this before the game on Sunday, and then he was asked again afterwards. Um, the second, the second that we're not sure exactly what happened. There's maybe a, a you know, member of Celtic's media team has interjected, but he was asked twice by the BBC in the space of a couple hours about this same issue. Um, didn't speak on it the second time. But what do you make of his, his initial response? He's been Gordon reading the manager's the, textbook. Yeah. What they yeah. do is they use every opportunity to massage their own position. And I'm sure he'll be doing that today. If he doesn't commit himself to Celtic, at least they'll be making sure that he's flattered and he's in demand and these are all positive signals. But you need to kind of uh, garnish his own reputation, the fact that he's now considered to be that kind of level again. Mm-hmm. His whole task for coming to Scotland was to rehabilitate his reputation and he's managed to do that. And I think he is someone that big clubs will look at. Kirsty mentioned Chelsea, why not? I think yeah. he's uh, high calibre and I think he's recognised as such. And Kirsty also said winning, you kind of get enough of winning. And uh, that's a man that craves success. And he's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of arguments to made pros and cons, but I think what he's got here and the position that he's in, I spoke about his locality and the financial uh, element doesn't really matter to him. I think it all points towards him staying. And if he's wily, he uses being, and he is, he uses being sought after his leverage with the mm-hmm. board, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, because I mean, that there's been, I feel like we've had, you know, we're talking um, today about, oh no, he didn't exactly rule it out, but I mean, there's been other instances where he's been asked similar questions and we've said the same thing and then that's not necessarily materialised into these, anything these else. These ask so the questions are asking for a question that never gets answered. Mm-hmm. Not too many managers. How many managers ever come out and say, listen, I'm going to tell you straight and now, I'm going to be here in the summer, I'm going to be here this summer beyond that. Nobody does that because it's not good business practice. You have to give yourself wriggle room because, again, you're using everything as leverage. He's probably given a message to the Celtic board and, and Peter Lowell. Mm-hmm. Look, I've got options here. Yeah. And you mentioned the possibility of, you know, a club like Chelsea who are seem to be they're turning into a bit of a basket case at the moment. With, um, but can at that level, I mean, I, I mean, obviously up here... Um, you know, we've we've kind of recognised the kind of the level of achievement that that Brendan has you know brought to Celtic. But is there still maybe like down south? There's still this almost kind of is it like a sort of snobbery about you know? Well, it doesn't really matter what he does up in Scotland. Would that affect his? I mean, we're talking obviously hypothetically here. We're not yeah. you know Celtic podcast. We're not trying to punt Brendan Rodgers <laughs> to Chelsea. But would there be that kind of barrier to him getting a like? a Chelsea or, you know, somewhere like that? I think there is, but I think probably for him, Europe would mm-hmm. be his biggest barrier. Um, and, yeah, I think that's probably going to be his biggest stumbling block and it's probably one of the biggest things he still really has to prove and achieve with Celtic. And I think if they were looking for him for a, like a top six club down there, he's probably not shown enough in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Chelsea wanted Brendan Rodgers, for example, the deal would already be done. It'd be down there, no argument. I mean, Celtic fans can say that you know it's it's listen, it's that betrayal, and they can't they can't understand the appeal of him going down and leaving the club to, to leave them at the ten in a row because all Celtic fans see is this ten in a row target. 
there is a snobbery down south, certainly about the standard of the Scottish game, but I think Brendan Rodgers rises above that to a degree because mm-hmm. he's been in England, he's done well, and I think Europe's is one Achilles heel, but people understand budgetary. He's had his hands tied and he's done as well as he possibly could. Yeah. Do you think there is a way forward for him in Europe with Celtic or is it simply no. a case of no. they need to spend more no. money? It's, it's, it's now the stats are now showing that they're going back the way. I don't. I think you have to spend to get to the level where Red Bull um, were a superior team. Um, both of them were, technically. I think when Celtic get in amongst that kind of level of player, they just don't have the budget to cope because they're, uh, they're just that kind of bar that you reach. I do think lessons can be learned in Europe and it's something he talked about. They haven't been and, and something he needs to address. But really a manager can't legislate for some of the defensive errors that Celtic have made in Europe. Um, and, and it's really hard. And, and to kind of eradicate that, yeah, you do want to be operating at a different level where you get someone in, but we're never going to be, are we? Um, he himself could learn to tweak his plan, you know, be more changeable. Um, he sticks very rigidly, you know, trying to outpass some brilliant teams. It's never going to happen, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think they could still learn lessons and give a better account of themselves just to be competitive, yeah. which is not asking too much. Yeah, Celtic, I've got a good side, mm-hmm. but they haven't won a knockout game, a proper knockout game since 2003. Yeah, 2003. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not coincidence. It's just barely you reach that kind of level and football has a way of finding you out and Celtic are found out at a certain level. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them a terrific side domestically and even when they go through the group stages, they get some good results, which, you, again, guided by a good manager. But you cannot kid people on. Once you get to a level, there's an exceptional level of talent that if you're not at that level, they find you out. Mm-hmm. And when you constantly get drawn with your Barcelona's, your PSG's, your Bayern's, <laughs> I mean, what chance have you got? Uh-huh. You just it's not been kind in that sense, has no, it? No, we never get the Man United group. That's a good point as well. You're right. Um, the, the the cards haven't fallen particularly well, but you have to find a way, as Brendan always says, mm-hmm. and he hasn't managed to do that. Yeah. Was there positives from you to take, you know, your talking about kind of raising the standard in, in Europe, but is, was there positives to take from that Valencia performance, not just in isolation, but going forward? Yeah, um, there was this, obviously the um, the second leg performance, but yeah, it was, sorry, it I... was, it was <laughs> one and lost. <laughs> no, so we'll forget about that oh first leg. Yeah. And that's where it was one and lost, though, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, um, it was done. So it? it was already done. Um, but no, going toe to toe, and even more than that, you know, um, dominating possession and um, playing really well. Yeah, absolutely. But um, what you'll now need to do is wait until we're in Europe again to see if it's really had an impact, you know, and mm-hmm. they are they are capable of, of that step up and, again, that they learn from it. Um, but, no, it was it was really encouraging. But but then when they save a second-leg performance, it's like when you're on the verge of, like, going yeah, out, it's really it's, frustrating uh-huh, as a fan, uh, you know, you're just uh-huh. ruining the first the pressure the was off, life. in a way, wasn't it? I mean, there is that caveat to it as well, yeah, I suppose. It was already going. Do you agree with that? that I don't all? think there's any positive no. to take for a defeat. Um, when you go to a place like that, where a team that's now dropped a gear because another throw, there was... Mm-hmm. It's like a Belgian team, an Estonian team, a, a second-rate European club going to a, a venue like that, loving the fact that apparently the grass was great. I heard some players raving about the grass and the environment. That lifts teams. I didn't see an awful lot. I saw a Celtic team that didn't really look like scoring. Off the back of this Motherwell game, um, two huge domestic fixtures coming up um, within its consecutive trips to the possibly the two grounds in Scotland that have given Celtic the most trouble um, in recent times. First, it's away to Hearts at Tynecastle, and then it's Hibs under who looked to 
a wee bit of a new manager bounce under Paul Heckingbottom. Um, huge, huge game. Probably Celtic's, I mean, big, first big domestic test of 2019. Um, and obviously we'll find out a lot about how the, the rest of the season is going to look after these two games, would you say? Yeah, um, the the Hibs are probably the one that I'm more, because it's a cup game, mm-hmm. one off. off. They've beat, they've already beaten us, um, but we completely did not turn up that day, but it was so abject. Different proposition now, really feeling we are um, different in 2019. Um, so I'm still confident, but that one's the one I'm more wary about. Hearts, um, I'm not as concerned about that one. Uh, since they beat us earlier in the season, you know, we got well, like a 2 a whip and then thrashed them, so I'm not as concerned about that one. Mm-hmm. I think Celtic are maybe, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but due a performance at Easter Road, it's funny you should say that. I was just thinking that. I was yeah. trying to throw my mind back. <laughs> uh, they definitely have underachieved it. It's, it's the road. I don't know why that is. It could be the Neil Lennon factor. Mm-hmm. I think Neil Lennon shows a, a fire within himself that certainly feeds into his players. Yeah. And I think that uh, maybe that is a reason, but I can't think any emphatic kind of Celtic. Uh, again, it's like Valencia going to Celtic Park. Celtic will go to Hibs in that same kind of uh, mismatch kind of quality golf. Can they go and show the quality that they've got and how, mm-hmm. su- how superior they are? Because Celtic, I believe, will win the league by a double-digit margin. I've always thought that, even getting over the kind of hurdle and the way they've come back, as Kirsty says, in 2019, they're so much better than the, than the rest. Can they go there and display that? They'll definitely do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Hearts, you said, not particularly. I mean, it's... I'm not as concerned. I mean, both of the Edinburgh Cubs have been through... Bad runs. Um, Hearts there again, um, dropping points. All oh, right now, they're facing teams that are fighting for their lives. Um, but yeah, it's Hibs that I'm definitely more concerned about. Uh, and just finally talking a Hibs, but obviously there's a Celtic connection here as well. Um, Neil Lennon been out of work since he left um, Easter Roads, uh, and obviously we've got the whole link with Brendan Rodgers perhaps going to Leicester. But interestingly, Lennon is being you know, named as a potential caretaker for Leicester um, before, you know, they supposedly make this move for Rodgers in the summer. That would be, certainly be an interesting okay. one, wouldn't it? There's two things, strands to this, that will never happen. Neil Lennon's never going to agree to be a caretaker for any club. Mm-hmm. Um, his personal pride, his own ambitions will dictate that that's a non-starter. Can you imagine somebody saying to Neil Lennon, listen, come in and take a take club for three months, but then we're letting you go because we're bringing somebody we believe is better than you. Never going to happen. It's not going to fit his personality type. If I was Leicester City, I would say Neil Lennon, do you want to become the new manager? Because it's a club that needs to get the thunder back, clearly. And why shouldn't Neil Lennon be a genuine individual that's, that's, that's looked at as, as a manager of that kind mm-hmm. of status? Why not? Um, I think it's a disrespect to even suggest that he's a kind of stopgap. And I, can you imagine telling Neil, Neil, Neil it's not going to happen? <laughs> that was actually, that was going to be my next point to you, Kirsty. Surely a, a character like Neil Lennon's not going to be content with just being the, just holding the holding the can yeah, until somebody else comes in. You think so, but he does have links to Leicester, maybe a bit yeah. of a passion there, maybe um, thinking I can fire them up. That's that's quite a, you know, you would say maybe a decent um, club and job for him if he thought that he could get it long term if he thought he was good enough to take that on and he does like Neil's a very confident guy and confident in his own abilities um, 
So and he's also, he's also not a kind of backwater figure. He's got a high profile. He's, he's all over the whenever he's he's out of work and at, at the weekend. Yeah, he's down he's south in all the major channels. He's he a former player, player, which yeah. is, is something that they can use as a kind of uh, leverage to appease the fans because Neil Lennon's profile is high, yeah. mm-hmm. partly because of the personality. They, I mean, strong, colourful. As Kirsty says, he's got um, he's got a, a passion to go and put something back into the club that badly yeah. needs it. Why not? It sounds like a perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems to have worked at Man United, so I mean, why not? Exactly, and um, maybe after the sour note that, th- that things ended with Hibs, you know, he might be thinking... Yeah. Under, underrated, mm-hmm. underrated, articulate, intelligent, passionate, not without his demons, of course, but... Needs a platform to perform, and that's really his environment at the very top because he's very impressive. Yeah, and I think he's somebody that can do a good turnaround job because he gets he gets teams really fired up, mm-hmm. and his passion is infectious. And yeah. All right, well, that's all from us this week. Thanks to Kirsty and Gordon for joining me. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record under slash sport. And we're also on Facebook as well. And we'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic. So don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>